Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I got to tell the story, though. So they have a big thing on Friday night at, 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 uh, at uh, I don't know, what's a nightclub? Time nightclub. I mean, it's all the who's who and hockey players and stuff. So Paul's like, I usually play in it, but I had to do a funeral yesterday. So Friday night I go. I'm all dressed up. I'm all excited to go to this thing because it's, it's just cool. It's just a great time. I get there. So me, I go to the, M, or the VIP section because, of course, you know, I should, hey, John Blue. <laughs> The girl's like, no, there's no John Blue. Why don't you try that section over there? So I'm like, well, Paul must have got it mixed up. He put me with the regular people. So I walk over there. I'm telling you, I'm such a loser. I walk over there, and I'm like, uh, you know, I, I was uh, John Blue was on. And she's like, yeah, I just don't see any John Blues here. So not only was I not a VIP, I wasn't even regular people. I didn't get in. So I turned around and went home. The kids are like, why are you home already? I'm like, well, yeah, it wasn't a good party anyways. Why would I want to? Why do I want to hang with those people? <laughs> Gosh! Oh well. Back to reality. Always humbling me. I love it. Uh, welcome, Paul. Congratulations, dude. You guys. They, my point is this: God puts things on people's hearts, and they grab a hold of them, and they can do unbelievable things. And Paul and Deborah have raised millions of dollars for Duchenne and these kids, and just. Yeah props to you and all that God is, is doing with that. So thank you, Paul. A uh, couple announcements. We are, school is back in. We pray for churches every week, but this, this month or so, because school is coming back, we're praying for Kaiser School. We want to get more involved in the school and do some things and really work with these kids. So join me as we pray for the school right now. Father, I thank you for this school that we meet. Lord, what a blessing this place has been to our church, Father God. Lord, these kids and these teachers, God, I pray for these teachers, Lord. We lift them up to you, Father. Give them wisdom. Give them love for these kids. Give them patience, Father God. And we pray, uh, Lord, that we could impact this, this campus, Father. And we thank you for this opportunity to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Prayer. Prayer we got Wednesday mornings. We'll let you know every Wednesday at 6.30. It was, I mean, we didn't even have enough chairs last week. It was so crazy. We had eight, how many, seven people? It may have been a record. It was powerful. So you guys, if you missed it, let me tell you, it was crazy. Like there was gold dust and stuff and it just, no, I'm kidding. It was none of that. It was just, but it was just a good, powerful time of, uh, of prayer. Hey, I want to let you know about this worship night. Uh, in, in two and a half weeks, on, on September 26th, our very own Shelly and Jed will be there uh, helping to lead this. It's at Calvary Santa Ana, and we're gathering the churches around Orange County to come together in a night of worship at Calvary Santa Ana. The, the morning before that, we're doing a little conference for worship leaders and pastors, but that night we want churches to come together and bring their people. And If you want to just come and worship with some incredible music. Love for you guys to, to be, be at that. Life groups are getting ready to start up here in a couple of weeks. We've got them in Huntington Beach, correct? We still, okay, good. Uh, Orange, Costa Mesa, Newport Beach, and Rancho Santa Margarita. Uh, is that right, Jim, back there? I'm letting you know you're running one now, so good. That's how I, I don't ask him. I just put it on the screen, so then he goes, yeah, he can't back out. So we're going to have a few life groups that are kicking off here in a few weeks. So uh, if you're interested in life groups, which you all should be if this is your church, 
write it down on the, on the connection cards. Hand me one of those connections cards, Steve, right there, please. Um, let us know that you're interested. Uh, along with prayer requests, if you have prayer requests, put them on here. Drop them in the offering basket as we receive communion. And uh, we, we pray for you guys. Any prayer requests that you have. But let us know if you're interested in a, in a life group and, and, excuse me, and what area you're thinking so we can kind of judge it. Excuse me. Um, ways to give, you guys, if you're a guest here, just enjoy. But one of the ways when we worship, we worship through our giving. And thank you guys for your, your faithfulness to this church. So I don't know if you guys know this, but we're in uh, a one-year celebration. You know, we've been in this school the month of September for one year. That is unbelievable. Thank you. Here's the statistics. 40% of all churches fail in the first year. 40%. That's That's crazy. And I don't know who was here in the first beginnings about a year ago, several of you, but it was a smattering of people, you know? There was a good solid 20 or 30 of you, and we're watching God just kind of add to those numbers, and it's really exciting. So today, it's always important to look back and look forward. With your children and, and, and your families, it's always important to put stakes in the ground of important times in your lives. Times that you look to and you go, that was, that was really encouraging to, to, to really bring life to your family or even a church. And then you look to the, to, uh, thank you, Eddie. I do appreciate Did anybody do that for you last week? No. Hmm? If I was here, I wouldn't have either. They brought you one. <laughs> so we are celebrating this, it's it, in September a year ago, being here for one year. I want to say thank you guys for your commitment to what God has called you to in this church. But I want to start by saying, what is the church? What is the church? Let's, let's look at Acts 2 here. It says this. The church is, and they said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. That's uh, Filled with awe. They came to church. How many times do you see people in church filled with awe? Or are they sleeping when I'm preaching? <laughs> Filled with awe and at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together in glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. That, that, that's, I love that. That's what it's about right there. What's the church? In your mind, what is it? When I say the church, what comes up? Because when you go to the dictionary, this is what comes up. It says the church is a noun. It says it's a building for the use of public Christian worship. That is not true. That is not true. The church is not a building. It's not a place with four walls. That is not the church. The church is a verb. It's an action word. It's going out. It's moving. It's alive. You can taste it. You can feel it. You can smell it. It's just, there's something. The church is alive and active. It's not a building. The question was never, what is the church? The question is, who is the church? Who is the church? The church is a body of, uh, the body of Christ of which he is the head. It says this in Ephesians 1. And he put all things under the feet and gave him as a head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all, fills all in all. The body of Christ is made up of all believers. Christ Jesus from the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, 
until Christ returned. And I, I want to read a little bit of Acts 2 because that's the, that's the beginning of the church that we see today. This is, is what happens. Pentecost comes. And it says this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of, as of fire appeared to them and rested on the, each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And the Spirit gave them utterances. Now there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these people speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native tongue? And all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they're filled with new wine. The power of God hits his church. Not four walls. They're out in the middle of nowhere that hits his church and people are changed and they're moving. See, it's not a church when you come once every, what is my patent line? Once every or twice a month. That is not the church. The church is when you leave this building. The church is when you get up today, you go out there and you feed the hungry. The church is when we leave this place today and, and, and the perception is that the church says, you know, abortion is sin and it is sin, but what the church is is the one who takes in the girl who's having the baby or pays for it or walks her through that. That's the church. It's not here. It's not this building. It's you. Who is the church? I just gave you the answer. A group of people, disciples, who are learning to love and live like Jesus. The church has hands and has feet. The church grabs a hold of those who are hurting and holds their hand. The church grabs a hold of those who don't have and she gives. It's not this. This is a part of the church. Biblically, when we look at the church, there's the universal church, which is the church across the world. That there, that's, this is why we pray on Sundays for other churches, because we are not the church. We're a part of the universal church that is worshiping throughout the world right now or later or earlier, whenever it might be. We are what is called the local church. Pacific Point Church was established on Sundays about a year ago as a local representation of who Christ is. But I never wanted to stay in here. I, I don't want your giftedness to stay in here. I don't want your compassion to stay in here. I don't want it to just show up here on a Sunday morning. I want it to show up where you work, where you play, where you do business. And I want you to stand with others who are hurting so that the church might go forth and maybe, just maybe, they may taste, taste Jesus. That's the church. So let's look and see how we've done over the last year. Pacific Point, 2018, 2019. If you're new here or visiting here, this will just give you a picture of, of who we are, what we've seen God do in the last year. If, uh, if, this is, if you've been here, you'll, you'll get to see it, and many of you are part of it. But I, I wanted to just look and see what God might have done this last year. And I, I was pretty amazed at watching what God has done. Pacific Point Church, what we're about is learning to love 
and live like Jesus. That's it. The simplest, the very base of what God has called us to is to learn to live a little more in love, a little bit more like Jesus. We value relationship with God. We value relationship with others. And we value this, sharing our grace story. What is sharing our grace story? Telling others about what God's done in our lives and sharing it with others. Learning to love and live like Jesus, up, in, and out. So it says this, as we read in Acts 2.42 of the church. They devoted themselves to four things. To the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. These are the things that, 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 that oh, good catch. Still got it. It's going to make a comeback. Just, no? Why are you shaking your head back there? Come on. Um, it hurt, though, when I did that. Um, <laughs> old, old man. These are the four things that, that it says are four of the things that make of the church. I want to look at those this morning in the context of who we are and what God has done this last year. The Word of God. The Word of God. The messages that we went through the last year, and you can get them on podcasts at our church, is this. We talked about Jesus' parables, and we went through the parables of Jesus and walked through that. And then, If you remember, Jesus in a bottle. Did anybody remember that series? That was really based around, look, Jesus is not a genie in a bottle. You don't get to rub the bottle when you want, and Jesus pop out and give you what you want. That's not how Jesus works. We talked about what does God want for our lives, and we walked through a series of, of discerning what God wants for each one of our lives, and then we just finished a series called Who's Eating Your Fruit, which is really around uh, uh, the fruit of God's Word in your life that goes forth that others are eating. So the messages that we've preached around God's Word this, week, this year have been around His Word, including the 30 Days to Understanding the Bible that we went through. If anybody needs a book, 30 Days to Understanding the Bible, let us know. We still have some of those available. But it says this in, in Acts 17 of the people, the church. It says, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's messages and they searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching them the truth. What does that mean? It says that wise people don't just sit and listen to what I say and walk away without searching these scriptures and going, is he a whack job? No, let's rephrase that, because that, that could be called, is, is what he's saying true? Look, the, the, they said the, the Bereans were, were, were smarter, they're wiser, they're more open-minded, because they took the words that were preached to them, and they went through scripture, and they said, wait, 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 let me, let me find that and see how it applies to my life. The church in America today, what they do, a guy stands up there, and he preaches the, the, the word to you, and, and for the most part, I'm generalizing, the people in the church go, yeah, that must be true. And they walk out the building, it doesn't change their life at all, but it says wise people. Search the scriptures. Look, there may be some things in here that you need to search, that you need to grab a hold of. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. One other place that we see a teaching that happens is in life group. We got a pattern going here now. You'll get it. Life groups. Get plugged into a life group as they kick off. In that life group, life takes place. Let us know if you want to be a part of a life group. They devoted themselves. Does this fit within who we are up in and out? Absolutely. They devoted themselves to the teaching. And when we read this word, when we devote ourselves, when we go through God's word, we come into this depth of relationship with God. We come into this depth of relationship with one another. We have a greater understanding, a greater patience, and a greater peace because we're eating God's word 
It lives in us. It's alive and it's active. Uh, who was I? I was talking to one of my kids, or maybe it was my wife the other day. And when we were moving, um, it gets stressful. Does anybody know? Like moving is, yes, you're in the middle of it. It is stressful. And when you're moving and it's stressful, you pretty much don't like each other or anybody in your family. Is, is that true? Okay. Okay, good. Like, I, I so, and then I just happened to separate my shoulder, uh, you know, several months ago, right when we're, again, yes, right at the perfect time and when we're moving, and then just happened to go to uh, back east to take Huddy to school at the time we're moving. So you can imagine the one who didn't want to talk with my wife not wanting to talk to me. And in my defensiveness, in, in just such a, just, I wasn't reading and getting my word, and I was just angry and mean. And she's like, are, are, you, are you not reading your word? And I'm like, no, you got a problem with that? That didn't go over so well. She's like, you know you're the preacher of our church. I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. She, I mean, my wife has a way of, of pulling me back to reality. But it, it's this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And when I don't read this word, I become more of a jerk. When I don't read this word, it's not pretty. I implore us as a church to, to dig in the word. Take five minutes a day. I just start five minutes a day. Take a couple minutes a day and just grab his word and just, just eat it. Just put it in you and watch what God might do. Watch what might happen in your spirit. The second thing that said the apostles did is fellowship. It's essential to growth. They had this, this great community of fellowship that, that, that took place. It says this in Hebrews 10. 10. And they devoted, devoted themselves to fellowship. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Wait, wait, wait. Is what he's saying here is this. When you come together in small groups, when you come together in church, what happens is you cut on one another. When you isolate and you're just you and your little world, when I'm just me and my little world and I keep people out, what happens is I think just about me. But fellowship is this thing that pulls me out of this place, stirs me up to love one another, takes me to a good place to do what I should do because I've got people like this around me that say, hey, you can't do that. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, God has called us to this place. Isolation? No, it just gets me. I got my thing. Don't touch that. Just leave me alone. See, and as a ha it says this, not neglecting to meet together as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You want to know why the church is not impacting this nation? Because we sit and we watch TV and we take political sides, which is just crap. And we're not walking together, fulfilling the calling of the church to feed the hungry, to help those who are hurting, to engage those are, that are a mess, like you and me. And we sit in these four walls and we say, this is church and it's a lie. It is absolute fill in the blank. See, that's why the church has feet. And, and I'm, I look at this from what God has done with, I call it the, the, the experiment, the Bible study we had at, at Lighthouse with all 12 of you for uh, a year before we launch on Sunday. I am blown away by what God's doing. I'm blown away at what God's doing. I'm blown away at the fact that on, on Thursday nights that you may not know about, that, that there's a group of 12, 13 young men 
who are wrestling through the Bible, who are getting saved, who are getting baptized. I'm blown away by what God is doing. But they came together. For us, devoted to fellowship, it happens Sundays, 10 a.m. I'm just going to ask it. Why not? I'm the preacher. Make it a priority. Make Sunday a priority. Not to make me feel better. Look, I've preached to 12 before. I can preach to 12 again. It's not to make me feel better about church. It's because something happens when you come together as a body. Something happens when Melvin grabs me and says, you can't say that when you're preaching. Or you gotta... <laughs> Something happens when someone grabs a hold of me and goes, look, you need to love your wife better. I need that in my life or I'll be out there. I need this guy who has no problem telling me I'm an idiot and keeping me going. I need men in my life. Eddie, I need men who cut on me. I mean, I go through the room. It's important. Sundays are important. Life groups. Have I talked about life groups yet? Because life groups are, are so a weekly connection and fellowship that happens. And then throughout the week, others engaging others. What I find is relationships happen out of this. And others come together and they start becoming friends and hanging in groups and impacting others that don't know Jesus. Fellowship. Oh, look at that. Life groups. I totally encourage you. It's cool stuff. <laughs> They devoted themselves to fellowship. This is the values that God called us to. Fellowship one with God, first and foremost, our relationship with God. Number two is relationship with others. And then what it leads to is a relationship with those who have no hope. And you're the hope, Christ in you. Third thing, I didn't know if this was sacrilegious or not, but I did it anyways. <laughs> Some of you know, my mom's like, what does that even mean? She has no idea what that culturally means. So uh, breaking bread. Breaking bread is the third thing that the disciples did. Oh, I can, do I need to repent first or keep, can I just keep going? Everybody all right with it? You're not going to call me a heretic? Okay. Um, it says this in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. For this, whenever you drink it, uh, in remembrance of me. For wherever, whenever you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's, there's two uh, components of breaking the bread. There's the communion that I'm going to start with talking about. And then there's the barbecue. Both are important. Obviously, the sacrament of communion being the, the, the most important of the two. And I think because we do it every week, sometimes it just becomes, oh, there we go. We just do that again. And, and I, I just want to pause the day to say that, that that's not the case. That's not the way it should be. We do it weekly because I believe in Acts, as it says in Acts 20, verse 7, on the first day of the week when they gathered together, they broke bread. On the first, this is considered the first day. Sunday is the first day. As they came together, as you come together, they broke bread together as a family. Now, the Lord's Supper is this. It belongs to Jesus. 
It's not yours or mine. It's a meal from Jesus and with Jesus. It's this intimacy that takes place with Jesus. He has invited us to dine with him when we receive the elements. He invites us into four different things. Number one, the Lord's Supper is an, an invitation to enjoy and exalt Jesus. What does that mean? It is this understanding of what happened, the, just the, the cross and the crucifixion and the, the power of what happened at the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. It's the first thing when we come and we receive the bread and the wine that represents his body and his blood. The second thing is the Lord's Supper is an invitation to be refreshed by Jesus. It's this, my week has been chaos. I've been in the middle of sin and been a complete whatever. And I need to get things ordered here. And I'm going to come up here and I'm going to align my will, my life, my junk. And I'm going to put it at the cross and align it with Jesus. To be refreshed by Jesus. To, to allow that washing that takes place. The third thing, the Lord's Supper is an invitation to unity. Why? Because we do it as a community. We come together as a community. And then we do it as single families. And I want to encourage you. I love when we do communion. You guys go off into areas and you, you do it with your family. But let me give you a little bit of, a, little bit of a, a, a slap on the wrist. When you do that, I love it. But please don't stay in that place talking and laughing and then while we're still trying to worship. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. If it's you, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, Jeremiah. It's, not, it's a lot of people. So <laughs> I, I love that family takes communion together. But once you receive it, there is a holy moment that is going on. Just kind of come back in, finish the worship, and then allow others to to do that. But I, I, please continue, family, to take communion together. I, it's, it's a beautiful thing. The last thing, the Lord's Supper is an invitation to war and repentance. Wow, that's kind of interesting. To war and repentance. What does that mean? Our soul, there, there's this war that's going inside of us, of sin that we're dealing with, of anger we might be dealing with, of bitterness, whatever it is. And God goes, no, 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 just come to the cross. Bring it to the cross. Repent. Get yourself in the right alignment with me. And watch what I might do. Watch what I just might do. The Lord's Supper is so important. The other side of it is that's why we do barbecues and we do breakfasts out here. Did I spell that wrong? Is that right? Okay, good. Um, we do breakfast and barbecue out here because you know what happens when we do that? You guys hang out and talk. You guys fellowship. You guys get, you know, you, you make it happen. It's just, there's food everywhere. By the time I get out here cleaning up, there's never food left. You guys eat it all. You're all selfish. But we got to order more food, I guess. But everybody's talking and eating pancakes. You had pancakes, was that last week? Yeah, last week, bacon and pancakes and all that stuff. So it, there's something that happens when a meal takes place. When I ask my kids, when we sit at the table, there's something, just things come down. The, the walls come down. It's important to eat together as a family, here and at home. Really important. Oh, and at life groups. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you exactly what a life group is. It is a place that we come together and we eat food and we share in the word and we have fellowship. It is, <laughs> I encourage you, check it out. <laughs> they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, up in and out, what we value. Yeah, there's something in that relationship when we take communion.
that happens with our relationship with God. There's something in the community that happens with other in our relationship with one another. And there's something that happens in our souls when we get right in, in, in alignment with God, when we leave these doors, that we can bring hope to the others. Prayer. So the last thing they, they, uh, they, that he talks about in Acts 2.42 is, is prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. It says this, is anyone among you in James 5, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayers of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. The power of prayer is just so impressive, what God does through prayer, what God is doing through prayer. As we said, we pray every Wednesday. I'd love to have you when you can come out. But one of the things uh, we're going to start doing, starting this Sunday, is we're going to have teams up here to pray. So on either side of the communion table, while we're receiving communion, you'll have an opportunity to go pray. We want to pray for the sick. We want to pray for those who are hurting. We want the prayer request. Whatever you need prayer for, um, Dave and Andrea will be over here today, and then I'll be over here today, and Chris is out of town, but she'll be with me. And then other teams that, people that feel like they want to be able to pray for, the, for sick and pray for others, please let me know. I want to get teams up here, people praying for you. If you have a prayer request, if you just want prayer for the day, after you receive communion, just come over and, and we'll pray for you. If we stand up there and no one comes and looks stupid, we don't care. I'd rather show up and ask than not show up at all. And there may be times that no one needs, okay, you're all liars because I know you need prayer, but there may be times we just sit there. I need prayer, so I guess I'll pray for myself when I'm up there. No. But we want to commit because I believe that this church has been founded on something that happened three years ago. When every, was it three? Two years ago when we started praying. Are you with me right now? Three. Yeah, three years ago. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Where we, we, we started praying every Wednesday, and we have not missed as a group, individually, we've missed some. We have not missed a Wednesday of prayer in the last three years by God's grace. I believe that's why God's doing something in this church. And I invite you into that and what God has for us. Life groups. Uh, we pray in our life groups. It's a great time to build community. It's a great time to get in the Word. It's a great time to eat and fellowship. And it is a great time to pray for one another and let your prayer requests be known. They devoted themselves to prayer. We pray with God, we pray with others in unity, and then we share our great stories with others. So, it says in Acts that he added to their numbers daily. He added to their numbers daily, those who were being saved. I believe God's called you and I to share our story. Everyone in here has a story, a unique story that someone needs to hear. 2 Peter 3.9 says this, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
that God's heart, the heart of God is that everyone outside, everybody in this building that doesn't know him, but everyone outside of this building, that it, his heart is that they would know Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to be in you. And when that Holy Spirit brings the power in you, you can bring the love of Christ that they may get a glimpse of who I am and come into this relationship. And what I love more than anything is that we're seeing it happen right here. And next Sunday, September 15th, five or six, how many, we have six young men that are getting baptized. Right. We have seen God, people get saved and baptized in this church over the last couple years. And it's just, the, there's nothing better. And watching these young men, their lives just get tweaked a little bit. 16, 17, 18-year-old men. And what God's doing just blows me away. You know, they're these cool surfer skaters that, you know, that dress like that and look like that and talk like that. But, but the heart, God just grabs their heart. It, it, is, it is amazing. At the end of the day, I do what I do because I want people to know Jesus. And it's, it's, it, there's a greater power here than there is here. The Holy Spirit lives in each one. There's a greater ability to, to, to bring hope to the world here, all of us, than just the preacher. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the church. Who's the church? Come on, please, please. Oh, you are. You are the church. You are the church. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Now what? Now what? So what does this next year look like? In 2019, 2020, it says where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraints. Well, let me give you a little vision of, of what we're doing, where we're going. Ah, we got life groups starting off in two weeks. Have I hit it enough? They say you need to hit it at least. You guys, some of you might actually walk out here and go, man, he talked about life groups today. <laughs> It's, um, we'll, we'll get you the information whose house they are by next week, and we'll let you know. Love you to be a part of it. This worship night that we talked about, I would love for you to be a part of it. Put it on the calendar. We'll put it down. We'll give you some, some bulletins or that, so you'll know where it is. And I want to give you a little bit what we're going to preach through through the end of the year. Starting next week, we're going to kick off a, a, a eight-week series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and, and I've been reading and listening to a different guy, Robert Morris, and, and, and reading some books and about the Holy Spirit. And so we're going we're gonna to go through in the next eight weeks and, and talk about the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Then we'll hit November, and, and we'll talk about thankfulness, and then we're going to hit Advent in the end of the year. I can't believe that I'm talking about the end of the year, that I'm talking about Christmas, that I'm talking about Advent. It's just crazy. But I just want to give you a peek into where we're going and what God is doing and what He might do. Because I really believe that the power of God sits in you in this building. And it's not about this building. And I see the impact that you guys can have. I see the impact. I, I, uh, Paul, the impact that he's having through this foundation. Todd and your business, there's impact that God has called you and your family to in, in what you do. Mark and... In, 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 your, what do you, the ice business, <laughs> the hockey business, all that. And, and each one of you, you have this ability, Kathy, in what you do to, to touch lives, to bring hope and impact the lost.
I want to finish with this because one of the things we, we haven't been able to do much but we're, we're going to get into is uh, we're going to do a mission trip. And uh, Greg Tipton, my good friend, is here, and he runs these one-week mission trips, and we've got one coming in December, and I want you to pray about it. I know we've got some of these young guys that want to go. They want to go do the mission trip and then go surf for a few days, but I want Greg to come up and just take a few minutes and, and tell us what, what you're doing and what this is all about, and then look to it. And, and if anybody is interested in this, I want you to let us know and, and let us know on the, your, your prayer card. First of all, I, I just want John to know I was taking notes, tying this in. I wasn't just looking at scores. You can tell that. But, <laughs> you know, when you hear vision and when you hear excitement of what's been happening in people's lives, that should inspire us to say, Lord, why not use me? Why not do something with me? I was telling John this morning, I, I read a story uh, back of a guy when I was in high school. His name was Lawn Chair Larry. Does everyone, anybody know who Lawn Chair Larry is? Pilots from TWA and Delta reported an unidentified flying object over LAX in the summer of 1982. They described seeing as a man sitting in a lawn chair holding a rifle. Truck driver named Larry Walters wanted to get a better view of his neighborhood and a better perspective in life. So to do that, he went to the Army surplus store, bought some weather balloons, 42 of them. He bought the store out, filled them up with helium and attached them to a lawn chair and with the help of his girlfriend, tied them to his truck. He then got a sandwich and a six-pack of beer and his BB gun, and they cut the rope and it launched him into space. According to an article in New York Times the next day, Walters was spotted by pilots from both TWA and Delta at 16,000 feet. 16,000 feet. It was so cold, they say, he says he started shooting some of the balloons with his BB gun, one of them dropped, uh, uh, it jolted it, so he dropped his gun. So he was up there just waiting. They said it took a few hours for some of the helium to come down. He eventually landed in a residential neighborhood in Long Beach <laughs> where he got tangled in some power lines, caught a power uh, that caused a blackout. Authorities find him 1500 bucks, And the reporter afterwards, he said, why did you do it? He said, well, I just want to get a better perspective of my life. You know, I believe that missions, I believe short-term missions, I believe long-term missions, I believe community missions and outreaches, they give us a better perspective of life. It gives us a better perspective of what's really important. I love what Paul said in Acts 20. He says, I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself in order that I may testify of the grace of God. John was talking this morning, what do we value? Up, in, and out. They devoted themselves to sharing their grace stories. They were committed to do whatever it took to put themselves in a situation to share their stories. I love what also how Paul and Silvanus and Timothy closed out their encouragement to the church of the Thessalonians. 
He says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord would spread rapidly and be glorified just as it did inside of you. Many times we have to get outside of our eight dots. We've got to get outside of our comfort zone and allow ourselves to go and do things together. As John was talking about life groups this morning, and you know, we're, we're kind of joking about it, but let me tell you something. It's about doing life together. It's about being on mission together. There is a mission in our hearts, not just because the preacher preaches it, because the call of God in our lives to go and do something with what he's done inside of us. And I remember a story of a guy named Riley Didion. I was living in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. And what happened is this young man had just graduated from college, and I was leading a trip. We were doing our first big trip to Bogota, Colombia. I took 86 people. We, we brought a construction team. We had sports team. We had youth team. We had all the, a medical team. 86 of us, and this young 23-year-old college graduate said, I want to go. He went on this trip and got rocked, and his life really shaped. And, he, and one of the things we challenge people on missions, hey, if missions has really changed your life, you cannot go on another trip unless you bring somebody else. Because let me tell you something, the goal of the Great Commission is not for the professional missionary. The goal of the Great Commission is us. We are the church. We are God's representation. And I looked at this man and I said, listen, I want you to bring some of your guys. The next year, he got his life group of six men. And they went on a trip, this trip to Baja, Mexico. Those six men now have gone on over 20 trips. They're all businessmen. None of them are full-time. They do this, but the kingdom is inside of them, and it's transformational. So I'm just saying, that trip, I've been to Baja, Mexico. This will be my 60th trip that I lead. I've been to 20 nations, led thousands of people. This is the greatest experience that I've ever been a part of. You build something. You're in the streets. We're in the prisons. We're laying down our lives, and I promise you it'll change your life, it'll change this church, and it'll change the world. Registration is open now. We close on October 1st. Once we hit 100, we're not doing any more because of logistics. We launch our trainings on Tuesday, October 8th. We start meeting every week. We'll teach you how to raise money. We'll teach you how to share your story. We're going to get a different culture. It's going to be transformational. So why do we talk about these things? We talk about these things because we want you to experience all that God has for you. And my prayer is this, and I'm going to pray this. I pray that God would light you on fire so that the world could watch you burn. So let's go. Let's see God do great things. I'm going to stick around afterwards if you want to know a few more of the details. But I love where we've, I love where we've been, but I believe that eye is not seen and ear is not heard, and it's not even entered our hearts all that God has prepared for this city, for this place, for this church, 
for you as a people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I did not after Tippy talks, I got nothing to say. He's like, I need to get him a little more excited about these things. He just doesn't have, gosh, I'm telling Here's what I'd ask. Will you pray? And this trip may not be your trip, but pray. I want to see in the next, I don't know how long, every one of us to experience some sort of mission trip outside of, out of this place. I'm, he is right. It'll change you. It will change you. You think you're going to, to minister and you will, but what happens inside of you is, is just crazy. Oh, sure. You know, I think it's important that we create a missional culture. So it, even as I engage John in this, he goes, we're going to go as a church. So let's say that only 10 of us actually get up, go to San Diego and meet. But I want us as a church to go together. So those five days that we're there, we might, we might have teams, you know, I'll take Mondays and I'm going to fast and pray for the trip. I'm going, to, I'm going to engage people. I might not be able to go, but you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to sponsor one of these young kids that are going to go. See, if we do it together, it's not about the trip in Mexico. It's about us being missional and saying we're going to start here. We're going to start now. Then when we have outreaches here in the community, and do things that the missional heart, the Great Commission, is already inside of us. So I pray this, and, and I know he's the pastor, and you need to listen to him. Listen to Jesus. But here's the question. I, my prayer is not whether you would go. My prayer is you need to ask the Lord whether you're to stay home. Because hmm. he told us to go into all the world. That's good. He told us to take the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every people, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So I pray that we all would make a decision over this season. Man, we're together. We're going to go on mission together. We're going to be on mission together. I might not get to go on this trip, but I am going to engage our people that are going to go, and we're going we're to stand behind them, and we're going to see God do great things because then the next time, I'm going to go, and we're going to see great things. Let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, for all that you're doing, all that you've already done, and all that you're going to do in your people. Lord, I pray that you would stir up the gift of God, passion, fire inside of us, that we would not be left out. Lord, I don't want to be left out of all that you're doing in Pacific Point, in this city, and in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you were encouraged today.